This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning. This is Talking Devils. Uh, I'm Wayne Barton, joined this week by United legend Paul Parker. How are you doing, Paul? I'm good, thank you. And as you can see, we are joined by the incomparable David Murphy. Better get a compliment in because he might leave us for the month. Um, how are you doing, Paul? Uh, Dave? You all right? Well, I mean, if this is the only way I gain a compliment. Um, I'll see you again next month. <laughs> Uh, it'll be too soon then as well um, if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook if you get your comments in um, a subscribe, if you're watching the replay, uh, feel free to comment because we do reply to the comments that we get as well, listening back on the audio podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a positive review on, on the platform you're listening on and so if you're watching on Twitter, feel free to get your comments in because they do come up in our stream now and we can um, discuss those while um, you're watching. Um, Lots to get through today. Um, we'll briefly touch on Wolves. We'll talk about the West Ham game yesterday um, and the outcome of that. And obviously we'll talk about Munich as well. So first of all, we'll talk about Wolves 4-3, United ring control for much of the game. Then it all crazy for 25 minutes. We had the mini game within a game in injury time, as you normally do when you get nine minutes. And then you get the Cobby um, masterclass. And Paula, you know, Manchester United do things to you. Um, and you've played in games like that as well. And we can all sit and I guess later in the season, we might look back at the tendency, and we have done throughout the season, the tendency of teams to leads away and to do crazy things. But sometimes football's about the moment and I think I would have rather won 4-3 in that way with Kobe scoring them in injury time than I would have won 4-0 and I don't know if that really makes much sense to many people watching but it was just something obviously the last minute winner is, is one thing but um, the, the sort of way that it is intrinsically linked to who we are as a club like snatching victory from jeopardy and everything like that Um I guess as a defender, it didn't make pretty viewing for you, but what did you make of um, Cobby's winner at Molyneux? Well, I mean, everyone's talked about it. People try and explain it, but even the most experienced player, many of them around, of course, 
may not may not have the composure he had when he done that. He was so much in in control of himself <clears throat> when he got the ball when he was running, and you just always believed that there was going to be something that something that happened at the end, and everything about it was right. And when you, you think about his age, and you look at where he is at the moment, I worry for him to be perfect on this because I worry that the media attention and how they throw things at young players that they tr they might try and push his career too quickly rather than him just being a settled player at Manchester United and being allowed to make his own way. It was easy many, many years ago with Sir Alex Ferguson with young players and he, he controlled them. He kept all that away from them. They they grew up, grew in the way that Sir Alex wanted them to grow those young players. But I don't know if Ten Hag can maybe keep hold and make sure that nothing, nothing's pushed on him already. They're talking about him going, you know, going to the Euros, and I'm kind of thinking, hold on a minute, <laughs> give it a bit of time. Mm. The lads just come in. It's not rushing. I'll just take him along just so he can see and feel it. He can see and feel it by watching it on telly. You know, don't don't just go and take him and try, you know, try too hard with him. And, and that's what we are. That's what generally happens with media when they grab hold of a player. But there has been a lot of young players who have knocked at the door when i say that i mean they've sat on the bench they've kind of got got on but they haven't made the impact that he's made he's done it in a in a in a very in a way that no one else has done we're seeing little bursts we're seeing good runs we're seeing you know good goals scored or made little glimpses but he's, he's added something which is needed to be a top player playing for a big club and that is consistency that's what he's been yeah. about. It hasn't just been here, there, and everywhere. You kind of go, well, he's only young. That excuse hasn't that excuse hasn't been used on him at all. And said so he's only young. That's going to happen. He's played the game just like a seasoned pro. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. And all the things about not taking him to the Euros and everything. I remember Theo Walcott. Did he even play a game for Arsenal before he was mm. taken to the 2006 World Cup? But he was signed by them. He, he barely played. He did play. Um, Dave, it's an interesting one with Cobby. Um, I didn't think he played particularly well yesterday, but I think those kind of experiences are really good for him. I mean, I don't think he played badly. I mean, he didn't stand out in the way they did at Molyneux or, or at Newport, where you know he was obviously very good in that game as well. Um, but the thing about him was he was only, I mean, was West Ham away was like his second or third game, and he made the mistake for them scoring. And to see him play as he did at Wolves and score the goal that he did at Wolves, I'm talking about Wolves, I'm not talking about yesterday, I'm not criticising him for yesterday as well, but what I'm talking about is the mental recovery to just play a natural game, you know what I mean? Even a mistake like that can set a player back if they, you know, they're scared to make a mistake, but he plays exactly the same all the time. Um, he's, he's composure and keen spoke about it on Sky as well, that something that we've talked about a lot is that composure and character of a player to uh, the temperament is ability to to move from the under 23s and the youth team into the first team play in exactly the same kind of way which is probably most difficult to do in that central midfield position considering how competitive it is but he plays the game to his own rhythm and that's what helped united so um, severely and obviously helped on thursday night with with the goal um what was your reaction to um, Bobby scoring that late winner? Well, I mean, um, 
I did think back to the West Ham game, um, and at that time uh, when he made that mistake, I thought, well, this, you know, we're really going to see if this kid really is going to be able to step up to this level. Because, like you said, a mistake like that, the media come for you, and it can absolutely destroy you. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I think it spurred him on, and uh, he's played even better since. Uh, he, I do agree. I think he did have a quiet, a quieter game yesterday. Um, but I, yes. I, I think. He's an absolutely phenomenal player, and and I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say I've watched him a lot. Um, I've seen some of him in the under twenty threes, uh, and he's he was just a level above everyone else. Um, just really, really was a level above everyone else, even at that age. Um, and uh, you know, and he's taken that form into the first team, which is absolutely astonishing that he he looks so at ease in the first team. Uh, Obviously, it does cross my mind. You're playing for Manchester United, biggest club in the world. There's going to be that extra pressure. You know, you come to the junction, do you go left, do you go right? Um, uh, if this was two years ago and the dressing room that we had two or three years ago, I would have been concerned uh, about where he goes. Um, the influences within that dressing room were not great. Uh, I think the dressing room that we have now, a lot more experienced heads, um, there's not so much focus on social media with a lot of the players that are in that team. Um, not as much, you know, uh, uh, encouragement to, to get your face out there. Playing for Manchester United does all that for you. Uh, I know we've spoken about this many times down, down the years and even this past season. Um, and Paul has brought it up a few times. All the rewards come when you play for Manchester United. You don't have to push them. You don't have to force them. Uh, unfortunately, we had a lot of players that that in our dressing room the last four or five years that thought that that was the way to get your to get your status out there. But playing for Manchester United is the status enough. Uh, he's an absolutely phenomenal player. My only concern from was you know two or three months ago was will this team as a team drag him down? Uh, because as a Manchester United fan, I'm I'm over them and we have him. But as a football fan, I I I. I want him to be what I think we all think he's going to be. Um, yeah. And in a weird way, I'm thinking is, is, and that was like, you know, two or three months ago when, when we weren't playing our best and the club was really in the doors and he started coming into the team. I'm thinking, I hope this isn't a player that we will because he's absolutely phenomenal. And I, and I mean that in, 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 the, in the way that we have had players that were on that edge and for one reason or another, they never, they never took it on. Um, we all know the problems that we're having right now at the club uh, with the team yeah. and then the off-field issues. As a football fan, my concern was that he was going to end up just drifting away because of the circumstances around him with the team. Um, but, you know, winning is the best remedy for that. And he's, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And since Casemiro's come back into the team, he's, he's actually, I believe he's taken another step up. He really has. It's so important to have Casemiro in there with him. Uh, but an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal player. And I'm going to disagree about the Euros. I want to see him at the Euros. I really do. I think, he, I, you know, Wayne Rooney went to either the World Cup, excuse my ignorance, but the World Cup of the Euros Euro. is a very, very young age. Mike alone, the same, you know. Um, it didn't do them any harm. Uh, but that midfield that England would have of him, Bellingham and Rice, I mean, uh, Paul, you're an English international. Wayne, you're English as well. Would you not be excited to see that at the at the Euros? I mean, it's what a midfield. Me as an Irish supporter, I don't want to see it. But you know, no, but you want something to celebrate there because you because you're a national team ever made it, have they? <laughs> <laughs> I 
but we my, did it, we did it a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Just my little bit on it. When you mention Wayne and you mention Michael Owen, think of how many games they had behind them. They weren't just hot off the press then. You know, they were kind of young, but kind of established in a way compared to where he is at this moment in time. <clears throat> and you talk about Gareth Southgate, he ain't suddenly going to go and change a midfield just like that. It isn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, if you're still picking Jordan Henderson when he's in Saudi Arabia and playing him, then that, that should answer everyone's question exactly. <laughs> that you're going you're gonna to come in as someone who's hot, who's playing at their peak at that given time, He's going to bypass that and go with tried and tested. So I'd rather him go there. And if he was to go there and there was always a shout that there's a good chance of him starting and being a regular, you think to yourself, you don't want to stop it. But just to go around and do that, and then that lifts everything up there. And it's amazing when you're young that things can go there. But I'll tell you what, they come down a lot quicker. Yeah. And I think you need yeah. to be mentally mentally prepared for that as well as a young player. You can't give them, you can't give something there and then take it away too quickly. And that's why I'm pleased that Ten Hag, the way he's gone and done it, he's done it with a few players. He's brought them in. I think Dallow's one where Dallow suddenly was given a sniff and he done really well. Haven't seen him since. I think against Nottingham Forest, done really well. He done more in that time he was on the pitch than Anthony. I know that's not difficult. But he'd done it, and he'd done it well when he had the ball. Done really well with the ball. He saw the pass, he played, he moved. But I just think myself, just with just with Cobby, I just think that I um, just don't want to take too much, or don't want to give too much to him to take it away. And and I think Ten Hag got it right with him. I think he got it wrong with with um with oh, the Alio. The Alio. Is it the Alio? I'm thinking about. Who am I thinking about? That, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Arlo. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I think he's got it a bit wrong with him. He hasn't given him that little bit, and maybe he's now after what he had, what he done with Sunderland, where he was like that. I just think, what is he thinking now? Because he will believe that he's done well for that time when he come on, and he hasn't. We haven't seen him since. Yeah. Sir Alex never done that with young players. They they knew exactly where they were at a given time, and. And I think they, you know, and he knows he done well. And I think there's a lot of people who have been asking that question, given the issues, the way things are with Manchester United and wide players. Yeah, Aspion, uh, good morning, mate. He says, I do not hope he will be picked for the Euros. Again, a bit of national tribalism maybe <laughs> to play there. Uh, Kobe, um, a fantastic player. You look at the players who have come through over the years, and obviously United have got a rich history of it, but. Um, you know, you could talk about Garnacho, we can talk about Yanazai at one point when he came through, but again, I'm going back generationally here, and I'm thinking since Giggs, have we had a player that has come through that could be potential through the system, who could be so potentially revolutionary for an area of the pitch, you know, Giggs transformed that left-hand side, and I don't know if we have, I don't know, you know, Beckham and Button Skulls, they were all brilliant players, but it wasn't like we were struggling in that area. <coughs> we were struggling in areas before Giggs came along. And um, I know Sharp was brilliant, but I mean, Giggs obviously went to another level. And this is what I think about Kobe. I think we're looking at a player who, you know, regardless of whether he does go to the Euros or not, maybe it is a good or, or bad thing for United. I need to hope that if he does go, it's a good thing. Uh, 
hopefully he continues his, his great form this season because he's been magnificent. Uh, a bit quiet, like Dave said. I was critical of him there. Um, and Ashbon uh, says, Biona, I, I, I don't know how to pronounce that now, hopefully. Can it rise less national team players in the squad with the better? Oh, yeah. Um, I tend to agree with that. United over England. Um, obviously, England contingent will want to go, won't they? Um, anyway, West Ham. Manchester United 3, West Ham 0. Um, Hoyland's been a great ball in the first half. Gornacho adding 2 in the second. Um, a really good day as far as um, result and goals are concerned because it's a, a really sort of comprehensive win really, compared to what we might have been thinking we were going to do beforehand. Talking about this on the podcast last week where we weren't sure about Wolves and West Ham in terms of like United being able to turn up and get wins in both those games, but they have done. Um, the second one in convincing fashion, even if, um, I must say, the best fullback performance on the day does come from Park Heritage, somewhat related. Ben Johnson, obviously the nephew of Paul, and he was fantastic, particularly in the first half yesterday. He was unbelievable. Um, and he, he switched sides for a bit in the second half and um, was very good then as well. But in the first half, he was West Ham's best defensive player and probably best attacking player as well for, for a long time. But United managed to sort of get through that in the areas where Ben wasn't playing. Hoyland scores a great goal, um, moves down to his right foot and gets it away. And then Garnacho, um, the first, um, first is deflected, but a good move. And, and second goal kills the game off. Paul, um, he, I mean, was probably as adventurous as David Moyes has ever been at Old Trafford. Um, I've, I've loads of shots and and yet um, still come away roundly beaten, which no one on this podcast is going to be that disappointed. But um, what did you make of United's performance yesterday? Um, you know what I'm like? I'm, I can be deemed a sceptic. Not deemed, but I think I am in certain ways. I just, I'll, I'll put it down. It was just, it was a win. That's the best way to put it. I think the scoreline flattered, to be perfectly honest. Still, I mean, the first half was was okay, but didn't do didn't do enough with the ball. West Ham looked better as an attacking side with the ball in the first half. More urgency, more thrust, too much time on the ball. And I think I said that with the Texas yesterday, Wayne. Just looked how easy West Ham played against Bournemouth, and I was working I was working the Manchester United against um, Wolves. And I, saw, I was looking at a TV, clicking every now and again, watching the West Ham v Bournemouth game. And Bournemouth were just, West Ham couldn't get the ball. And every time West Ham had the ball, they was always constantly under pressure. I still look at Manchester United. I still look at them and I'm, I'm not seeing any, anything organised about trying to get the ball back quicker. Even when close, even you go close to somebody, they don't work their feet. They don't get the player's head down. They virtually say... I'm here, I'm touched tight, I've done my bit now, and that's enough. Instead of saying, am I going to get the ball? I'm just going to get his head down and get him in a fuddle. And so someone can nick it off his toe or or he'll give a bad pass because I'm working him too hard. They don't even do that. So Ganacho do that on numerous occasions. His effort was just to get there and then he just stopped. And a few times then the player runs away from him. Pointless exercise, even going there, you might as well just not bother. It was to get. It was awful, and it was challenges were coming in late because they hadn't done the work early. But 
they were quite clinical. Highland, again, first half, he had a very, he had a very, very good first half, like he did against Wolves. His work ethic without the ball, second to none in that team. No one matches him for his work rate and what he and what he does. No one ever goes with him. He does it on his own. Is he being silly? Is he is he not doing what he's told? But I'm sure to the fans, the fans are going, we like that. And then he scores that goal, something out of nothing. That was down with Casemiro winning a ball, come out of the box, and he's he's nipped in front, made a challenge. I don't know if he's meant to pass it to him, but he just gets the ball, Hoyland, and he does it on his own. I never expected him to shoot with his right foot. And to be honest, you wouldn't have known that his left foot, the way he's hit that ball with his right, was so much assurance with it. He knew exactly how he wanted to, where he wanted to put the ball, how to strike the ball. And I thought he'd done really well. But in the second half, again, like Wolves, it seems like, and again, like <coughs> like Newport, it's kind of, oh, it's done. It's done. And that first five minutes, you said there's been many a time over the years when United have been tuned up against opponents at Old Trafford and they come out, start the second half and they go bang, bang, bang. And if, if it's not scoring, it's the fact of they said to, they're, they're virtually telling the team we haven't done enough yet. And that team just yeah. wilts in the end. They will. Even if the game finished 2-0, they know they're not going to get back in the game because you yeah. don't give them anything in that first fight. You give them no joy. Even if it means committing a foul somewhere just to stop them even before it starts. They, they know it's going to be difficult. But they allowed West Ham just to get comfortable and comfortable and just play. And all the time, I think, I mean, I wasn't in the stadium, of course, but I just I just heard it, just hear what's going on. And it still was that little bit of edginess there, people not trusting that they're going to see out the game. And then yeah. the one where, again, Harry Maguire gets caught in possession, being too cocky, too laboured on the ball, gets caught out. Should have scored from that one. Emerson nicks it off his toe. Emerson got caught up in something, totally lost it at the end of it, ends up with a ball going too far outside his foot and completely miscues. And there's the one that goes over his head as well. And um, Dallow has to make that challenge at the end. I mean, maybe Bowen should have hit it earlier, but Bowen nine times out of 10 scores one against ones. Maybe one of the best in the country at one against ones. Done it so many times. So... It still wasn't right. Even though they've won 3-0, it still wasn't right. But as I said at the start of this, I'm a sceptic. But I just want Manchester United to win games and say they were the better team from start to yeah. finish. I had to go to, I was at my mate's 60th, part, 60th birthday party last night. I've had to go there to like 100 odd people where 90, odd, 90 of them are West Ham fans. So you can imagine that, and they were all virtually say they was all saying we wasn't good. They said he goes, but Manchester United weren't three goals better. And all I can do is shrug my shoulders. That's all I could say because they were right, Wayne. They were right. It, it wasn't, but we have to remember as well. It's great that United have gone and scored in two games. They've gone and scored seven goals. They have conceded four, but got to remember who they played against and the timing of things, and they have to be better, have to be better yeah. than what they were yesterday, to be perfect honest. It's great they've got the seven points. It gets them that bit close, and they can, a little smell, maybe they might be able to make Champions League football. Yeah. Might be able to uh, do it. Well, 
Yeah, there's um, a lot going on, on that with um, different things which we'll come to in a, a moment. Talk about Martinez um, a little bit later, but I want to come to first of all Patrick's comments, and I'll come to well. Um, by the way, 60th birthday, Paul. I'm pretty sure I've, I'm all right. I'm in a safe zone here, um, particularly because I'm hundreds of miles away from both of you. But don't you both have landmark birthdays this year where you're um, entering new decades? I'm pretty sure you do. I'm I'm all right. I'm I'm so young by comparison. Um, but I know I know you guys' birthdays. Don't worry about that. Um, don't worry yeah. about that at all. Okay. Um, I'm hoping. Just, I'm just, just hoping we can stay in February as long as possible. Instead of being 29 days, which is a leap year, I want I want it to jump even further. The leap. I want it to go to maybe 100 days in February. I don't want to go anywhere near yes. April. It might feel like it if United get all those injuries. Like December felt like it was 50 days, isn't it? Um, Patrick <laughs> says, "Morning, gents. Two Premier League wins in a disclaimer. I'm going to lay my cards on the table. Hope Kobe Mane opts for Ghana or Real." Good for Ghana, bad for United with the Africa Cup of Nations every please. Don't need that. Um, he agrees with Paul or either West Ham game. Happy with the result, but we're still giving the opposition too many chances for a big side. I only felt comfortable with the third goal. When will we control a match? Um, Dave, I do think it was controlled. I don't think we were ever in any danger. I didn't feel like... Uh, there was a moment where Ward-Prowse had the free kick just before Hoyland scored, but I didn't really feel like we were ever in danger of losing it. Once we were scored, once we did score, I felt like a David Moyes team. That if they're going to be adventurous, I didn't really have a lot of goal-scoring options. Like Kudos obviously caused us problems down there, but I didn't think he was quite at it yesterday. So I didn't really. I wasn't worried once we'd scored the first goal. It was just about getting that second one. So it was as controlled as <coughs> I like to see, really. Like. A, routine 3 0 win and yes they had a lot of shots but nothing really apart from the one where Maguire um had his moment um but Emerson didn't take advantage of it. I didn't really feel unduly threatened by West Ham. Um but there is a there is a prevailing point what Paul saw and Patrick to, which is fair is that United aren't clinical enough and there was something in that performance yesterday, particularly because Hoyland was he's a young guy and Garnett was obviously younger than him. They were the ones who scored the goal. It remind me, reminded me a lot of United in the 2005-06 season where you've got inconsistency of Rooney and Ronaldo and sometimes you wouldn't kill teams off. Sometimes it would look like someone's there for a hiding. Sometimes it might not score a hole at all when you've got all these players um, who are of different experiences around which you a squad who's still in transition and some fine-tuning there. I'm not saying we're one season away from a championship challenging side, but it feels like the development of the side is close to that same area as long as all the players fit. And I don't mind watching that. I think it's nice to watch Cobby. Like, even if they miss the Garnacho making the wrong decision and stuff like that, because you know that sooner or later, with the trajectory that these players are on, the penny will drop, and you can't, they can't be Ronaldo at his peak for every single season. You've got to enjoy part of that development and as long as we won games like yesterday um, there was a lot to enjoy from it as well yeah um, I, I think because the way <clears throat> a lot of games have gone this season when we've gone 1-2-0 um, and we've been you know we've been we kind of implode when that happens at times when a team does pull one back uh, you know there's that 
old quip of you know the the most dangerous scoreline to have is two nil, um, uh, and we've we've been a victim of that many times this season. I mean, we look at Newport, you know, we look at we look at Wolves. Uh, it was only when we got the three nil that I was thinking, okay, you know, we may win this game. Um, I didn't I didn't think we played particularly well. Um, I did I did West Ham didn't play well at all, and there was there was moments in the game where it was where it was like. I just couldn't see anything happening. You know, it was, it, it wasn't a very high pressured game, uh, if I'm being honest. Um, uh, we know what David Moyes brings, you know, that's the type of football he brings. Uh, I think if he had been a little bit more adventurous, they may have caused us a lot more problems. You know, they did have their chances, uh, but I think there's a couple of factors that roll in there, especially this season as United, uh, as watching United, even at two nil up. Um, I'm not convinced by our goalkeeper. Um, I think Harry Maguire is, always has a couple of mistakes in him. And he proved that again yesterday. Uh, and then going forward is is obviously our best, you know, form of defence. Um, moving Garnaccio out to the right is no coincidence that we've actually taken it up a level. Um, going forward now, I think he's absolutely phenomenal. He can cut in on his left, and he can cross with his right. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, so moving him, moving him out there was, I don't know whether it was a masterstroke by, by uh, Ten Hag or just he was forced into it because... Anthony was just, you know, so bad, you know, that we have we have to put an option out there. Um, but putting him out on the right has has worked wonders. I'm I'm really enjoying seeing that relationship between him and Hoyland starting to uh starting to mature. And I think we're gonna get a lot of good games out of those two over over the remainder of the season. Um Champions League is is still within a sniff, uh, but it's gonna be a do or die game in a couple of weeks away at Villa. Uh, we beat if we beat Villa I'll start to believe that we may get that, you know, top four place. Um, but, uh, you know, I do agree with Paul. I think, you know, there wasn't anything spectacular about us yesterday. When we got the third goal, I, I kind of relaxed a bit then. I got, you know, Jesus, we can't be that bad that we can see three goals to West Ham in the last few minutes, you know. Um, but stranger things have happened. Uh, but I, I was I was really delighted with the performance yesterday. Um, obviously marred by the uh, Martinez injury at the end. Um, just we can't we just can't have nice things these days, can we? We really can't. As Manchester United supporters, there's there's you know getting Martinez back, Casemiro back. We're a different team. Two players have made us a completely different team. You know, and obviously putting Garnacho out on the right. It's it was it, it was starting to click. It really was. Uh, but now we're we've taken you know depending how how bad this injury is and judging by Ten Hag's comments after the game, that could mean anything. That could mean 
he's disappointed because he's going to be out for the next two games after just getting back, or initial analysis is we'll see him next August. Um, it's it's that waiting game right now. Uh, pretty pretty yeah. disappointed. I know he didn't. I know he didn't go down the dressing room. Um, he went and sat on the bench, which to me gave me a bit of optimism that it's hey maybe it's a precaution thing. He just doesn't feel right. Uh, but but I did read in a, a report at the at the end of the game where um, uh, I, I can't remember the journalist anyway, but he was saying that even even in the warm up, uh, Martinez was was very uncomfortable with his foot. Uh, you know, he kept reaching down and rubbing it and stuff like that. So maybe maybe it's a it's a knock on from that. But uh, to get back to the game though, yeah, I mean three nil is three nil. I'll take that any day of the week, considering what we've been through this season. Um, it was a breath of fresh air to actually be able to sit and watch the game the last few minutes ago. Hey, I think we're going to win today. Um, but yeah, no, it, 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 we didn't pull up any trees, but I'll take that tree nail any day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nicely put. And I don't think Paul or I need to add anything to Martinez. Win, see what the severity is, but it doesn't look good. And obviously, it has made a big difference already, even in the fact that we've conceded two goals to Newport and three. At Wolves, he's still a difference to our plays, um, astronomical, yeah. really. And, um, hope, hope that um, it's just a precaution, maybe a couple of weeks or something like that. Um, but it's still to be missing for the game against Villa is going to be a, a very, very big miss. And he, he I would say, yeah. presume it's 95% certainly missed on. Um, anyway. Um, obviously, today's uh, tomorrow is the 66th anniversary of Munich Air Disaster. Um, as always, we try pay a little tribute on the podcast. We are going to preview the Villa game in a moment, but we'll um, talk about Munich first. Um, the darkest in the club's history, of course. Um, team had played a European Cup quarterfinal second leg game in Belgrade against Red Star. Drew three to go three through five four on aggregate. Um, to the semi-final where they would meet AC Milan. And they had a, good, a fairly good chance of probably beating them. Um, because the tie was fairly evenly contested at Old Trafford to prepare for the eventual defeat in Milan. With a scratch side, it has to be said. Um, the disaster claimed the lives of every player, three club officials and you know other casualties as well, uh, journalists and civilians. Um, it's just an awful lot of tragedy, and the uh, also on, on top of the deaths, there were casualties such as you know Matt Busby was read the last couple of times. Two players, Jackie Blanchflower and Johnny Berry, never played again. The injuries were so severe. Um, Eddie Cole, Liam Millen, Tommy Taylor, David Pegg, Roger Byrne, Jeff Bent, Mark Jones, Duncan Edwards, Creeper, Bert Wally. Tom Curry, and you can look on the website, Talk of the Devils. You can look on any website, really. Wikipedia's now got loads of information about it. United website as well. There's loads of information there to tell you about the unique contributions of all of those individuals. I mean, like Walter Creek, when I play a person rarely gets mentioned, was so fundamental to the identity of who we are as a football club. And around this time of year, obviously, doesn't hurt anyone to educate themselves on the disaster because of the history um, and deepens your connection to the club. Every everything that you learn always does 
Uh, Paul, you growing up, you would have been aware of the disaster. You watched United in the seventies. I know we've talked before, and like you know, you were a big fan of United in the late seventies. The Tommy Docky side, which was the first great post Busby side, and they played with a little of the Busby panache as well. Um, United were still trying to reclaim their identity, really. And you joined the United team who hadn't won a league for quarter of a century. You know, the ghosts of all those people were still there. Um, yeah, all right, they'd won it in the 60s, but it's still very much who were dealing with the the aftermath of Munich. I think it's like 35 years, 35 years when you won the title, which is after the disaster. Um, how does your perception of the disaster change from when you're outside to when you're inside? You know, you spent, by the time of the first time you, on, on that... Um, 35th anniversary, would, would, which was 1993, and you would have spent a year and a half at the club. So how um, how does it affect you? How, how differently do you see it once you're inside? Oh, you see, you see it. Well, you you get the you get the ringside seat. Really, I mean, you're aware. You're definitely aware of it as a player because it always, you know, when when I was playing when I'm playing against United, you was always aware. Some, you know about it but once you was inside then you you suddenly realize that you know you're a part of it to be perfect honest and everything about you I had to had to prepare for that and what and what went with it and I always still talk about that, that first game the um when I, I played I was Everton and it was just an an eerie feeling and it and again I said this since a few times and one of my good mates in football is Ian Snowden and He'd have said, he said after the game, we won the game 1-0. I don't think Everton had a shot at goal. But he, he, he virtually just, he just, he just laughed afterwards, just in the lounge after, and he just kind of laughed in a way and said, we was too scared even to think about trying to win. You know, <laughs> that's what yeah. he said. That's the way he felt and the way Everton felt about it because of the feeling about it. Everything was kind of geared up for us to go and win that game. And Everton got caught up in it. I mean, if there's a way of winning the league, let's have it. Let's do that regular. I think really have a day like that, a day, a day of remembrance every weekend. Manchester United are at home, but it was um, for me a feeling like that, and it it kind of it does grab even now. You know, now I'm not a Manchester United player. I'm just someone with who's still still in love with the club and always think about it. And it's when it comes round, you know, you there's a lot of other things you remember as well surrounding that as well and the people who you, you would see around the ground people who were maybe only kids when that happened or they had you know family weren't had involvement somewhere and and those people are still around the ground now maybe a different generation but it's still there ingrained in everybody mm -hmm. and it'll never be forgotten and now even when i go back and the fact of you know you walk down the munich tunnel it's i think i think that's lovely when the, i just remember it as just a bit underneath with the director's entrance there, but there's a lot more to it now, and it is it is a you know it's a great day, and it'll be a great occasion again. Yeah, it's um, the, the game you were talking about was um, the Sir Mark game, wasn't it? After the Everton game, it was yeah. close to the unique disaster as well. But yeah, the I mean the I mean the the Busby day was. Apart from the Sheffield Wednesday game, which immediately followed Munich, I can't think that there would have been a more 
emotional pair of games in in the club's history at Old Trafford, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, yesterday was nice. The club marked it um, as um, sympathetically as, as always. It, it's a weird one for you and Ox, where I know I joked about your age earlier, but still both young, too young to have um, lived through any of it. We lived through the generation after, after it as well. Um, maybe um, through the people that you and I have talked to over the years, maybe we feel like um, not a connection or anything, but you feel a little bit closer to it because you talked to people who've had connections to it, and it does. Um, I don't. It's a strange thing because everything, everything you learn about anything, really, is something that's bound to strengthen your connection to it. And um, but when it's like your football club and, and you've already emotional connection to it anyway, to have that on top of it is really compounding. And as a supporter, um, I don't know. It's a really weird thing, isn't it? I, I really don't know what I'm trying to like say myself. But what your sort of feelings around Munich, considering that we're a second generation passed from it. Yeah, I mean it's <clears throat> it, it it's always a very somber time of year. Um, and it's 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 probably one of it uh, one of the fixtures that I do normally look out for when the fixtures get released is what games are in around around the Munich air disaster. Um, and I'm always uh, I'm always glad when we're we're actually playing at home right before. Um, so uh, there's always that little bit of extra uh, I won't say effort, but respect shown. Um, you know, we've we've had many uh, opposition teams come to Old Trafford around that time, and um, and have have behaved impeccable uh, during the the minute silence. Um, uh, but it's funny that you know I, I was actually <clears throat> I was luckily or I don't know unfortunate whatever we want to call it to be actually at that Everton game um, uh, after Busby died and. I mean, I get I get tingles down my spine just just even thinking about it when that bagpiper came out and the whole emotion around that game and and we were absolutely fantastic that day. We really were the one nil scoreline flattered everything. Um, but it's uh, it's it, it's quite funny to hear you know Paul's story that saying that everything were just you know they just were too terrified to even win. Um, uh, it kind of fits in all right that that there wasn't a lot of effort from Everton that day, and I just naturally assumed it was because Manchester United were playing so well that day. And um, I stood in the uh, the terrace behind the the score in the scoreboard end, and I mean the emotion of that day was absolutely I'll never experience anything like that again from 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 a somber emotion. Um, obviously '99 was a different emotion, uh, but that game itself was just yeah. yeah it it take and I know it was I know it was you know because Samat had died but it it really wasn't all just about Samat passing it was it was also a connection with Munich as well because of Samat um, and I think that made it you know that much uh, more um, um of an emotional day um but uh, you know Munich what we got to do as well is you know. We gotta we gotta applaud as well the way Manchester United handled these things. Um, I think down the years the club has been criticised a lot for the way they've handled certain things, but I think in the most cases they get the Munich anniversary right every year. I really do. I think they put a lot of effort into it, um, and also you know a lot of our supporters put a lot of effort into it. And we see all over social media that they actually travel to Bayern, you know, take time off work and. You know, spend a lot of money just to fly. Sorry, to Bayern, fly over to Munich, uh, to pay the respects on the on the day. 
phenomenal, you know, phenomenal from the supporters. And I think, like I said, I think the club handles it very well each year. Uh, you know, it, it could be made into something more commercialized. I think the club have, have not done that. Um, uh, and they've been criticized for, you know, trying to make a book out of every single uh, situation. Um, but I do like the way the club do handle it every year. And like I said, it's one of the first fixtures um, aside of, you know, Liverpool City games that I look out for uh, when the fixtures come yeah. out. And it's always, I always enjoy it when it's when it's a home game a couple of days or even on the, on the actual day. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we, we built this, this, this club took an extra level when that happened. We can't deny that, you know, we, we became a global name. Um, so, you know, we can, we can take some kind of, you know, uh, light out of that, that I put Manchester United firmly on the map, even though, you know, I, I honestly believe we were about to create a dynasty that was never going to be matched. Real Madrid took that mantle, but didn't have anyone in their way. I honestly believe Manchester United will be sitting here on, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 European Cups if, if that disaster didn't happen. And it would take a very strong argument for anyone to convince me of a way so. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think if anyone doubts the gravity of what they're saying, you really only have to go back and look at the um, mechanics of what was happening in that sort of mid fifties period, with a number of quality players were coming through. Bobby Charlton was a reserve; didn't think that he was going to play. Bill Fox said that he didn't think he'd play games because Mark Jones and Jackie Blanchflower were so good at centre half. And Bill Fox at one point was the leading appearance maker of the club. For a yeah. brief period, obviously, Bobby Charlton's over. You know what I mean? It, and he's still, folks, he's still fourth in that list. He thought he wouldn't play. Charlton thought Edwards was superior to him. You know what I mean? You look yeah, at it in those yeah. terms, you think yeah. of the long careers that were denied these players, like they, they racked up, like they say, they all racked up Bobby Charlton numbers, 750 games, which isn't beyond the realm of. Um, imagination it's it, the, the loss is so profound and and we can talk about the playing side of it but the, the human side of it as well the, the cause of, like paul was saying the survivors would have lived with and seen them around the club and knowing how much they love the club and the dignity that they had and i, I imagine playing in that era i'm uh, not that i'm gonna put paul on the spot to talk about it because i know it's gonna be quite an emotional thing but, but imagine playing it's difficult enough supporting the club, like when you know, like trying to keep the emotion through for, for players we never experienced playing live or anything like that. But knowing, can feeling that being being a player around the survivors and then having to put on a performance that you know around that time and things like that, um, it's incomprehensible, really. And the loss is just tragic. But when there is loss, I do want to say this, um, always something that you should take away from that and that's what they gave while they were there and what they gave the club was its identity really and the jimmy murphy story of what he did afterwards and everything like that but everything really was crystallized in what the babes contributed and the, the message and the standard that the club have lived up to ever since and that's a good thing to have it's a very good thing to have and you know as a supporter removed from it i'm very proud that we've got that um so it's a day to remember that as well as you know paying respects for is that they were lost and we're recording this live on monday morning the day before the um, anniversary of the disaster was 
has an event on the day. So um, if anyone is listening in the area, make sure to, to make your way down to Trafford and, and pay your respects if you can. Okay, so United play Aston Villa next week. Paul, um, Villa, a bit of a mix since Christmas. But they've still only lost five games all season. They're not in that best run of form. Um, at Villa Park, they, they drew with Sheffield United just before Christmas. They were beaten by Newcastle at home in the week, but they did absolutely tear Sheffield United apart at Bramall Lane. Uh, very difficult prospects for United going there with Martinez injured, but the form has been better. Uh, it's a crucial game. I mean, I don't expect that we'll, cha- that we'll challenge for the Champions League spots this season, but if we win this game, maybe there's an outside chance. It's critical for that, um, isn't it? I would say it's absolutely imperative not to get beaten. That's the most important thing for United not to get beaten. I know it's going to be difficult. It's even more difficult now with Martinez maybe being, well, being out. Because when I looked at that back four against Wolves and the way they played, I think as a back four, I think that would be the strongest that he would have at his disposal. There'd be arguments about Wan-Bissaka maybe playing. But Dallo... Mm gives that little bit because he's more variable in the forward forward areas. Defensively, as it showed yesterday, he's a little bit more astute now. He's you know he's sensing danger. Otherwise that game would have you know they could have scored um West Ham. But they, the back four was really good. Varan had been playing well next to Johnny Evans and then Varan then plays with Martinez and he was excellent. I was surprised he didn't play, he didn't start yesterday. I don't know what was behind it, but I was surprised. But I still look at Villa and Villa come back really well to go and after what happened against Newcastle. I think you know in yourself, Wayne, when something's going really well and you're having this great run, when it gets stopped, normally it's something big. Something out of the blue. It just explodes in just one moment. And then mostly just thought, what's happened here? Newcastle. And while they couldn't score at one in Newcastle, everything they hit seemed to go in. But then to respond, and people say, but it was only Sheffield United, but to respond in the fashion they did. I mean, I, yeah. I watched it, and in the end, I had to, I, I turned, I was, I was upstairs watching it on the iPad, and in the end, I, I flicked it off because I felt embarrassed at Sheffield United. They kept panning to the manager and panning to the fans, and I felt sorry for them because the Villa would absolutely just. I'm just going to say battering them. It, it, you know, it could have been 10 after, yeah. after 30, 30, 35 minutes. So United have to be better than what they were yesterday because Villa are relentless when they go forward. Everyone gets involved. They play as a unit. Everyone goes up. Everyone comes back. They play quite high as well, a bit like Tottenham. So they are vulnerable for the one behind. But then you need players who want to run as well. That's the thing you want to run behind to, to stretch them and to make them think then about dropping back to create space in front for the midfield players to get on the ball and maybe create something. So it's just that game which it's a tester really. I think it's it's good to go, I think, for United to go and play Villa now. Considering, you know, they come, they come to Old Trafford and done well then. Now, Villa, during my time, was a place where United went and hardly lost. Always, always great. I love Villa Park, saying that, but I'm nostalgic. I still love Hillsborough. I think they're two iconic grounds because I still think of them as FA Cup grounds. 
But yeah. United, you know, normally go to Villa Park and it is, it's an occasion. And the game is, you know, the game and everything about it has still got a ring to it. They just need to go there and grab it, go there and give Villa their second defeat at home. Yeah, um, it's a good um, point about the high line because really it was the high line that United is supposed to come back and win at Old Trafford. Um, you would expect that if Villa to put Villa Park, they will have learned from the lesson and maybe sit a little bit deeper this time round. But United can't afford for it to get into that position. Um, expecting to see next week. Dave? So you, you cut off at the end there, Wayne? Yeah. Yeah? All oh, right. Okay. And what are you expecting to see at Villa Park next week? Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it's on the back of two wins for United. We are going in there pretty confident. And this is going to be a good test. You know, and as I said earlier on, if we, if we want to, if we want to, you know, we have a sniff of that, of that, um, you know, top four. Uh, we got to go to Villa and, and at a minimum, as Paul said, we can't lose. You know, we, we just can't lose. There's such a tight group around that. Uh, four, five, six, seven. The, you know, it's so tight that, you know, one minute you could be you could be in with a chance and then the next year you're looking at hopefully not getting into the Europa League. Um, so uh, it's going to be a very tough place to go. Um, Villa are, you know... I know, I know. We said it's only Sheffield United, but at the end of the day, they come back and pumped them five 0 That's going to give them a lot of confidence. Um, you know, Ollie Watkins scored again. Uh, he's going to be a big problem. Um, having Martinez in there would have been a, a huge. I would have been a hell of a lot. Obviously, we would be a hell of a lot more confident going in there. Still a little bit nervous because you know, you know, Villa are a good side. They're they're a decent side this season. Um, I don't think you know they have they have three or four seasons in them of being a good side. I just think every year the Premier League throws up one or two teams that go above and beyond. Um, and I think Villa are that this season. Um, but you know they are dangerous. And um, but you know we're coming on the back of, of two good wins. Um, we've scored seven goals. Uh, Hoyland has scored in his last four games. Garnaccio is starting to click. Uh, Casemiro is back. Fernandez is not being as erratic as he has been for a lot of games. Um, I think he's been, you know, I think having Casemiro back has helped him as well. And um, although I'm still not a hundred percent convinced of Dallo, I think he definitely has improved over the over the past you know couple of months. Uh, and that that block yesterday was was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm just a little bit concerned that we 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 stick with Harry Kane at Villa Park. I think Watkins will have, will have a field day. Uh, you know, Harry uh, Maguire. Harry, <laughs> Harry Maguire. Um, I'd actually forgotten about that one that dropped over his head until Paul mentioned it, <clears throat> and then in slow motion it looks even worse. You know, he's just his his positional <clears throat> sense at that moment was absolutely shocking. Um, uh, and then, and then obviously I have no idea what happened that time when you know he get the ball away and the West Ham broke and I, I think the guy that just broke into the box just couldn't believe he got you know one or two meters from the goal and he absolutely spooned it over the bar. Uh, yeah. But that's what unfortunately that's what Harry uh, Harry Maguire um, will give you uh, and you know we we can't have mistakes like that at Villa Park. Better teams will will absolutely muller you. Uh, so, but I'm I'm looking forward to it on the back of two wins, and and again, Villa Park, one of my favourite grounds, really is. 
they haven't done a hell of a lot to it, which makes the nostalgia of it, you know, even better. And the crowd is always up for it. It's a nice big ground. It's very open. Um, but yeah, I'm sure as a player, it's better to be um, playing at, you know, a stadium like that than it is at, you know, somewhere like, you know, the Emirates brand new spanking clean. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, probably from behind the sofa, to be honest, uh, because uh, I have a Villa fan uh, as a as a friend of a friend, and I bet him at the start of the season, fifty euros that United would would be so far ahead of of Villa that we wouldn't be able to see them. Um, kind of regretting that now. Um, so yeah, hey, it, it, yeah. It, it's interesting. It'll be it'll be a good game though. Uh, but United are on form. Villa, you know, coming on the back of a very very good win. Uh, anytime you score five goals, you know, it's it's a good win regardless of who you're playing against. So it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, interesting is one mode for it. Uh, never dull with United at the moment. Um, hope, no. I'm hoping for the miracle of Martinez being fit, but um, yeah, it's going to be Matari Kane or Harry Maguire in United's defence. <laughs> and I, I don't know, it, I wouldn't recommend watching Harry Maguire in low because you'd think your TV's broken. Um, I bet you there's a wine. podcast on. I bet you there's a podcast on somewhere in Germany where a Bayern Munich fan is praising Harry Maguire for scoring the weekend. So, you know, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure there's not. Um, yeah, that's it for this week, guys. We'll be back next week to talk about the Villa game, and I think Luton will game will be previewing as well. So, hopefully, we're talking about. Um, a good United win at Villa Park and Martinez man of the match display. Um, Ari Maguire man of the match display will do me as long as we win. Um, but we'll be back next week to talk about it. If you enjoyed, if you can leave us a review on um on the podcast provider that you're listening through. Um, and if you've enjoyed the podcast on YouTube, if you can subscribe, share on the platforms, um, any socials, that'd be something that we really appreciate. Thanks a lot for your time, guys. Stay safe, stay well. We will be back next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.